man, I'd love to have everything that's currently going on in our world over and immediately, right? But it, but they're not, and I can't change that. Just like I couldn't change the, the, the situation that unfolded in our family's life. But what I could do is I could control my attitude. I could fix my eyes on Jesus. I could plant my heart, you know, in God's faithfulness. And that's my prayer. That's my desire. Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Well, hey there. Who's that good-looking fine gentleman? <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> it's going good, bud. How are you doing? Well, let me, uh, I'm going to throw this bathrobe <laughs> out of the way. Uh, it's, it's okay. What does look like you do? Holy. No, bro, I don't mind a bathrobe in the background. That's pretty awesome. It's, just, it's real. It's talking real right there. Real. How are you right. keeping, my friend? <clears throat> I'm doing okay. I'm doing, I mean, it's busy, right? It's like crazy. Yeah, but, man. Uh, doing well. Getting married in three weeks from today. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, God is really, really good. That's amazing. He has Man, I, I'm excited to to have you on the podcast today, Tim, just to hear your story. And, you Thank know, you, this this podcast, the main big idea that I strive for in this podcast is to just be an encouragement for other Christian men, because you know full well, and we're going to hear from your story today, that uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with being a Christian man and a lot of struggles, a lot of battles Um, you, you, you can wake up one day and man, out of nowhere, you're hit with just an attack or a a, a trial or something. (laughs) So, well, we, uh, for you listeners out there, we have a wonderful guest. I have a a good brother in Christ, a a great friend of mine, a man that I highly respect a lot. There, there's a lot of great men out there. And I'm not just saying this because I want to get him on my podcast. I already got him on the podcast. I'm being real. There are a lot of genuine <clears throat> good men out there that we can have respect for and and a love for. But but Tim, you you become a brother, and we don't talk a lot very often. You know, every every month or a couple months, we might shoot a text to each other, or mm-hmm. you know, meet up meet up on you know Facebook or whatever. But but there's a genuine thing of the Holy Spirit between the two of us, man. I mean, I even uh, there was a, a time, you know, going back half a year ago that I reached out to you. I was in a season of my life where I, I needed somebody to talk to. 
uh, other than my wife or my father, <laughs> you know, somebody, but, but you can't just tell anybody some things. And, and I knew, and, and God put you on my heart. I knew I could come to you and I could talk to you knowing that you would, uh, listen, knowing that you wouldn't judge and knowing that you would be a man who would be praying for me and, and, and understanding me. And so I have a high respect for, for Tim Loveday is his name. And I'm honored to have him on my guest today. But before we get started on uh, uh, kind of talking more with Tim, uh, brother, today God blessed me. He blessed me crazy. And I'm going to, I want to exp- uh, express to you, Tim, and to you listeners, because when God blesses you, man, you, not always, but sometimes you got to preach from the rooftops and say, and this is a huge blessing. This is a huge miracle from God. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys what that is right now. This is huge. This is massive. This is, this is like, monumental history making blessing from the lord that he did for me today and here it is my son and i were out playing hockey beautiful sunny cold day here and we were out playing hockey and i got a phone call and it was my wife cindy and she's at costco doing you know some shopping and thank the lord i didn't have to be there because i don't like going to costco (laughs) now mind it looks like you're on mute there tim you want to unmute your mic there um I, I want to hear you laughing like crazy, man. I want to hear everything you got. But um, so she calls me and she, and she asked me a really, really important question. And I was like, "Hun, is everything fine? And she said, Matt, do, do you and Austin like Fruity Pebbles? You know, the- <laughs> Fru- Fruity, Fruity Pebbles. That's what she asked me. And I, and I said, okay, there's a God in heaven because my wife normally never lets me or the children buy sugar... <laughs> sugary cereal so i wanted to show that blessing man god is a god of miracles he answers prayer and i said girl absolutely absolutely babe buy the fruity pebbles we will eat them i promise man. you'll be eating it for the next three months yeah she had to strap it on the roof man (laughs) but um like i like i already told you listeners um my guest tim loveday is here we actually met at a campground um probably going back 10 years ago we uh we have a trailer i've said i've shared that on the podcast before and it's in uh shout out to stainer bible campgrounds there in stainer ontario and that's right and um and so we met there at the campgrounds and tim was actually the camp director and and what an amazing role that was for you the perfect fit for you man you're you're outgoing you're loving you love people you love god and you are the, the one memory that i have there's lots of memories there good memories from the, the campgrounds um and i'm sure hoping you know to have some more memories to come but the, the, we're, we're sleeping in the trailer and tim's doing the directing for the week and it's like seven in the morning and next thing you know we hear the whole campground here's tim's voice on the uh the megaphone speaker <laughs> and and the message was okay but the time could have been a little later but it's like hot hot coffee and fresh cinnamon buns are ready at the kitchen hey man like you can't again it's just a blessing from god like <laughs> heaven, you know? <laughs> that's right that's right so that's just a good memory but that's how we met and uh, Tim also, he's also involved in pastoral ministry. Um, he's currently the lead pastor of uh, Cedar Creek Community Church. That's in Cambridge, Ontario. How long have you been pastoring there for now, Tim? Uh, come up to <clears throat> six years, actually. Okay. Good. I, was a, yeah. I was a youth pastor for 19 years before that. And then mm-hmm. uh, six years here at Cedar Creek. So, which is hard to believe because I'm, I'm only 25. So like... <laughs> <laughs> 
but no, it's good. You, you look, you look twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the fruity pebbles I eat. Yeah. <laughs> now, how long have you been in pastoral ministry for? You mentioned you started in youth ministry, but it's been oh, at least over fifteen years, I would imagine. Yeah, I think uh, total. I actually just talked to somebody not too long ago. Just over twenty-five years, actually. <laughs> oh wow! So a quarter of a century, which is yeah. I I will be uh, this coming Wednesday. I'll be turning forty-seven. Okay. So yeah. Uh, but the Lord has has been an incredible blessing, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of a lot of years as a youth pastor, loved that role, working mm-hmm. with teenagers, shaping young lives, and and then uh, God had a sense of humor, and He said, you know, I'm going to close that chapter of your life, and then I'm going to use you as a lead pastor of a church. And I thought, man, that's the last thing I want to do, right? Wow. Um, but it's been it's been an adventure ever since, and continues to be so. How, I'm curious, how did that lead pastor role kind of open up to you? Well, we were actually <clears throat> attending the church as a family, you know. So once oh, okay. I started of youth ministry, I was at a church here in Kitchener for nine and a half years. And when we left there, we decided as a family, we wanted to go somewhere where we could just put down roots and be, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you spend your most of your life or your career in a church and you got everybody looking at you and whatever. And that wasn't bad, but it was like, let's go somewhere where we can just plug in as a family and yep. rest and, and just experience Jesus together. And so actually the gentleman that started Cedar Creek, uh, he was a professor of mine at Bible college when I went to heritage in, in Cambridge. So he taught me 25 years ago. And then he actually uh, was such an influential man in my life. He was a youth pastor for like 20 years too, before he started okay. the church. Yeah, Such an influential <laughs> guy in my life uh, that we had asked <clears> him for <throat> a wedding. So, uh, so first he was a professor, then he was a pastor to us. Uh, and then I knew that he started this church 27 years back and I kind of just followed from a distance. And then we were, we were in church one Sunday during worship. I love music. And he came up and put his arm around me during one of the songs. And he just looked at me and he said this, this word for word, he said, Tim Loveday, what are you doing with your life? Right. And I was like, what, you know, cause I didn't know I was kind of directionless. And mm-hmm. he said, well, I really believe that, that you would be a great fit for this church and that this church would be fantastic for you and your family. And I remember turning to him, right. Trying to worship in music. And I turned to him and I was like, you're nuts, man. Like, I don't want to be a senior pastor or lead pastor. Mm. And he said, well, I, I don't have anything to do with it, but I'm going to pray about it. And I want to encourage you to pray about it and just see what happens next. And God mm-hmm. flung open the doors. Sometimes I got to get a two by four lovingly, you know, from mm-hmm. the father side of the head. Cause I'm a little bit thick up here sometimes. <laughs> God said, no, this is what I got for you. And uh, it's been a wild wild ride that's amazing it's amazing that the directions that god will take us on and as we're going out of nowhere you know you can have an opportunity from the lord and mm. it's like the whole that whole kind of saying that a lot of christians say is god can open up a door that no man can shut right and Absolutely. and then and vice versa god can shut a door that man has opened and so it's it's a blessing to hear that you're just following god's leading man in your life and you you touched on it. You you are are very much musical as well. And we've actually had a few times to lead worship together. Of course, you're a fantastic drummer. And uh, I remember I remember one time we were actually leading worship. My wife and I with you and some other members. And uh, and so I'm on the guitar and Cindy's playing keys and we're just leading worship. I think we were doing sound check or something. And next thing you know, I hear this beautiful harmony. And it's not my wife because it's a male voice. I'm like, where is that harmony coming from? And you're not only drumming like crazy, but you're singing, not just singing while you drum. You're doing harmony while you drum. Dude, that's oh, like 
that's a gift of the Holy Spirit right there, man. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm grateful <laughs> for for music. I had people in my life that were influential as a young kid mm. uh, that just encouraged me to to find a way that was you know unique to me and and some of the abilities that God had blessed me with, and to use that right for the glory of God. And I'll tell you, music is so influential. I don't think we realize the power of oh, it. Oh man, yeah. As a teenager, man, I was listening to all the wrong stuff, right? I mean, yeah. it, I was going to church, going to youth group, but would pride myself on the fact that I had, you know, all of ACDC's albums or whatever, and I'm mm. singing Highway to Hell, and yet I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> discover what it is to live for Jesus on the way to heaven, and it just didn't match up. And so actually, it was yeah. my youth pastor that said, there has to be some consistency, man, and <laughs> one of the music and the power that it has to connect you to God. And so that's actually one of the ways, Matt, believe it or not, that that's the, one of the strongest ways that even now at 47, uh, I find my most intimate times with Jesus are through mm. music, oftentimes on a walk or whatever, put the earbuds in, listen to some tunes and I are driving, man. I think yeah. some people think I'm crazy when I'm driving. Cause I just have a full on worship concert in my, in my car. Mm. Right? That's it's awesome. Great, man. Great, great way to connect with God. So, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, now Tim, you have four kids. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get this right. Thank you to Facebook for allowing me to uh, find the, uh, the proper names and ages of your children, but you have four, uh, almost all adult children. You have, uh, Noah who's 21 and I understand that he's actually engaged to be married, which is amazing. Yes. And you have Zach, who's the second, the second under or the first under Noah, he's 20. And then, and then, and then you have twin daughters, Abby and Emma, and they're six, they're 16 years old. You got it, dude. 16 going on 26, I say, right? Yeah. Well, I got a I got a 14-year-old daughter that okay. you, who you and uh hey, a quick, quick kind of personal dad-to-dad question for you. Does it get easier after 14 cuz man, 13, 14 are hard ages. Oh, please, dude. Please say yes. Well, you know what? I think uh <laughs> I think your kids are in the right hands. I mean, ultimately I know they're in the father's hands, but to have you as a dad and Cindy as a mom, I know you guys are seeking the heart of Jesus. And, and I believe, you know, I'm not Dr. Dobson or nothing, but like, I believe that when we have our, you know, our ship set in the right direction and we're pointed true north towards the Lord, that he really does. We're not perfect, right? You're not a yeah. perfect dad. But man, God does some incredible mm. things. So let me say, I think it does. Let, let's just, let's just, let's just believe this together. It does get easier, right? I mean, yeah. There's tough no, days. For- for sure there there are there are tough days and seasons but uh that's just it they're just seasons and yeah kids are definitely a blessing man i wouldn't change a thing for sure so and you have been blessed with four of them which is you must be a proud father so um <laughs> we want to we want to jump into kind of your story tim in fact you actually uh you actually call it god's story um you you've already um let the listeners know kind of what god's done in your life the calling of god on your life as far as the ministry and and the family that god blessed you with and and now you're still young, you know, 47 years old, thinking that you're 25, you're still young and uh, a lot of life to live. Uh, mm-hmm. But I want you to start by just kind of uh, telling us about kind of Tim as a boy, your upbringing as a boy, um, what that experience was like, and then just kind of leading into how you uh, came to faith and kind of your testimony, how you found Jesus. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm grateful that I grew up in a family with a lot of a rich heritage of ministry. Um, mm. I have several uncles uh, who have been pastors all my life. I have another uncle and aunt who were missionaries to uh, over to Kenya, Africa, for most of my growing up. Right, We'd see them every four years. They'd come home on furlough and 
get to see them at a family function. Mm-hmm. So ministry has always been my grandfather. And now my grandpa has been with Jesus for 20 years. Um, but my grandfather was a, was a pastor in the Brantford area, started a church, had a radio ministry. I think if he was around today, he'd probably be podcasting like you are, but, <laughs> um, you know, just married and buried and ministered to hundreds, if not thousands of people. Um, and so as a kid, as a young boy, I mean, I was brought to church from the time I was, you know, in my mother's womb. And I'm grateful for that. Didn't have much mm-hmm. of a choice when I was in there, but yeah. um, I was going to church, went to Sunday school as a young kid. Uh, I would say probably because of the, all, all credit to my parents, but because of the way they, they sought to raise my brother and I, uh, I think we were pretty, pretty decent kids, right? As young boys and, and, and didn't really understand uh the severity of personal sin or my personal need for jesus i just kind of thought well i'm a good kid mm-hmm. then at age eight my parents took me to pioneer boys camp up in muskoka mm-hmm. and my first experience at an overnight camp and uh now i'm normally pretty outgoing but back then i i don't think i quite was bitten by that bug yet and so my I, here i am the first day of this camp right and I, my parents are like, give me the hug and the leave the suitcase and there's your cabin and there's your counselor. And I'm like grabbing onto the back bumper of the car, like crying my eyes out. You cannot leave mm-hmm. me here, right? Just crying as an eight-year-old kid. Right. I think all the, all the other kids in my cabin are like, there's something wrong with that dude, right? <laughs> um, so about the third night into camp, mm-hmm. the week of camp, I remember my counselor, his name was Shorty. He was probably six foot nine or something, just giant. giant <laughs> and his camp name was Shorty. And we're in the cabin and something that the speaker said, he was talking about hell. Right. And I mean, it was one thing that I, I'm sure I'd heard about it as a kid, but it, it wasn't really zoned in on. And it, it was the reality of without Jesus, you know, that, that wedge of separation that sin drives between us and a holy God without Jesus, my hope, you know, mm-hmm. of ever uh, experiencing anything like heaven was, was truly, you know, not good. And so I was in the cabin that night <clears> with, <throat> with a bunch of other uh, kids. And I remember asking my counselor, like, this is real. Then how do I get out of this? Like, what's, what's my options? Yeah. Eight-year-old, I remember Shorty, you know, he just explained the gospel so clearly, right? Trusting in Jesus, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth and, and, and attempting to live by the power of the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. us, um, and that heaven would be, you know, flung open. That Jesus had already done the work of of paving the mm-hmm. way to heaven. So at eight, I opened my heart and said, "Yes, Lord, you know, I need you." Uh, and mm-hmm. so the same kid that was grabbing onto the bumper, crying, you know, "Don't leave me here! Don't leave me here!" Mm-hmm. When my parents came to pick me up at the end of the week, man, I had discovered this new life in Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, and I didn't want to go anywhere. They're like, "Come on, it's time to go back home," and I I was like. I don't know these strangers, right? Someone help me. I want to stay here for the rest of my life. So that was, that was age eight. And then my testimony goes on in that when I was a teenager, uh, I lived, uh, well, we grew up in Brantford, right? So not too far from, uh, my church was in Brantford. And then when I went to high school, I actually went to high school in a, in a place called Ancaster. So between here and yeah. Hamilton. And, uh, and so my youth group and stuff were in Brantford. My high school friends were in Ancaster, I, I live this, a lot of guys, a lot of people are guilty of this double standard life, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was put on Jesus and, and go to youth group and be involved in church one, one, one time, like, you know, on a Wednesday night or a Friday night or a Sunday morning. And then the rest of the time I'm in high school acting however I wanted and, and 
putting my life with Jesus kind of in my back pocket. Right. And so as a high school student, yeah. I really struggled with identity. I wanted to find purpose and meaning. And so I got involved with the wrong crowd of friends and made some really stupid decisions, you know, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that the Lord spared me from things like, you know, a path of drugs or alcohol or whatever. But I was, I mean, I was doing everything else, disrespecting my parents, disrespecting teachers, certainly mm. not living the way that God wanted me to live. Yeah. And my youth pastor actually took me out on many occasions. He was a volunteer youth leader, didn't get paid from our church, but just, you know, worked a 40 or 50 hour week. I was married. And then in his spare time would take us kids out and just invest mm. in us. And I remember one yeah. time sitting at a pizza hut because back then the pizza hut had the lunch <laughs> buffet. Right? And as a teenager, man, I could eat pizza. Like, let me tell you, and this guy's like, I'll pay the 10 bucks for your pizza. And, yeah. and he just had my attention. And so he just looked at me and he said, I know the way that you're living. I see the way that you talk to your parents and something's not jiving, man. And he actually said the words, I'm calling you out and I'm calling you up. And I remember that stuck with me, right? I'm calling you up to the, to the greater life that God has for you. Like he said, Tim Loveday, God has got incredible potential wrapped up in you and wants to use you for great things, mm. but he won't use you as long as you're running in both, you know, both mm. feet in the world and in, in the kingdom of heaven. And, and so that day I hated my youth pastor, literally Matt, like it just ticked, ticked me off so bad. I was like, who are you to tell me, you know, but God mm. used those moments through his Holy spirit to grab a hold of my heart and slowly, but surely God changed my mind and changed my direction and my course. And mm. uh, so by the end of high school, I had planned to go off to Nashville uh, to be involved in music somehow, work in a studio hmm. or whatever. Wow. And God had said, uh-uh. And he called myself and eight other kids from our small little youth group uh, to Bible college all together. So like nine of us went uh, my first year of Bible college and, and God laid on this heart that he wanted me to be involved in the same kind of restorative, redemptive work, you know, of God hmm. that my youth pastor had been in my life. And so- wow. you know, God turned the story around, led me off to Bible college where uh, I, I got this, this infection for ministry and knew I wanted to be involved in serving the kingdom that way. And another really great part of that story, and you know this, is I mean, like the Lord opened this door and brought this incredible woman into my life named Sherry. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we met, fell in love, and, and she had an incredible patience for this guy. Because, I mean, after all, I was a youth pastor. Those dudes are- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, so, yeah, that's a little bit of my testimony, you know, and, and all glory to God. <clears throat> well, one, one you said the word invest there, how your youth pastor, and, and I like, I'm glad that you actually pointed out the fact that he wasn't like a full-time paid youth pastor. He was a volunteer minister. And, yeah. it, and that's encouraging, maybe even for a listener out there, maybe you're a listener and you, you are in volunteer ministry within the church, or maybe not even in the church, but you're just volunteering somehow, your time, you're investing time, energy, possibly money, uh, words of wisdom. All of that is called an investment into the lives and the hearts of young people. And a lot of times it can seem pointless. A lot of times it can seem like you are sowing good seed and it's just hitting the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we can all understand that. But but Tim is evidence right here that that seed thrown at him by a volunteer youth minister with some hard, tough love that made you not like him very much. You were ticked at yeah. him. But, but look at the outcome, right? And so be encouraged with that, gentlemen who are listening, that 
the words you speak, whether to your coworkers, to your to your wives, to your children, even when it seems like it's not impacting them, when the Holy Spirit takes what you give, man, that in what you what you invest, that mm. investment will bring a, a great reward, a great reward. And, and, yep. and Tim, your life is evidence of that. So thank you for, I'm glad you pointed that specific, uh, point out about that, that youth pastor. So, uh, you mentioned yeah. how God blessed you with a, an amazing wife, Sherry. And, um, and then of course you guys had the four children together. Uh, so I want you to share now kind of the, the journey, the last kind of five, seven years that you've been on, uh, yeah. personally as, as a man, because, it, there, there could very well be listeners here, men who are listening that uh, will relate 100% with you. Maybe they are in uh, in a relationship that's just struggling. Maybe they've experienced uh, loved ones who have passed away, uh, children possibly who have passed away. The heartbreak, the devastation that that can bring. I know mm-hmm. you, you posted three years ago uh, on January 25th, 2019, you you posted this on on your Facebook, and I just want to read this post if you would allow me to, Tim. Mm-hmm. On Jan- January twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen, uh, you said tonight tonight at ten forty five, Jesus and all of heaven rejoiced to welcome home a faithful servant who was my loving wife, Sherry Loveday. Our hearts are crushed as we have had to let go for now of a precious wife and a mother. But we know that we will see her again one day. We have peace and we know that God's ways are best. He arranged it for all of us to be around her bedside tonight and express our love and gratitude as she crossed that river, fighting life's final war with pain. Praise the Lord. We know exactly where she is. And Tim, when I when I read that in preparation for this podcast, it really ministered to me because your your faith is has always been so evident that your faith in God, your trust in God, it has always been so genuine, even in the passing of your wife. Uh, you 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 say words that our hearts are crushed. You're being real. You're saying our hearts are crushed. We have to let go for now. But then yeah. you continue that post. You're like, words of faith. This is your proclamation of faith here, man. And the Bible talks about that, like holding on to that profession of faith. Because mm-hmm. life, life, gentlemen, are, will throw things at Christian men to try to rob us of our profession of faith. And, and Tim's saying, our hearts are crushed. We have to let go, but we will see her again. We know God's ways are best. Even for you to say that by faith, at the loss of your wife, that we know God's ways are best. That's so powerful, your faith there. And then you end it, praise the Lord, we know exactly where she is. That's called the hope of glory that Christians have, amen? So so Tim, I want you to share, again, what you call God's story. I want you to take, take us and the listeners back to kind of that time you and Sherry are married, enjoying life, raising your kids, involved in ministry, just the ins and outs of life as a family and take us back to kind of when you first got that first diagnosis of Sherry and just let the spirit lead you as you share God's story, man. Absolutely. Well, so we were married for 20 years and I, I'm just grateful for uh, an incredibly patient woman and, uh, 
just somebody that was my best friend that we could just have a lot of fun with, right? Not only raising kids and being in ministry and, but like sticking through difficult times together, you know, and she mm-hmm. was always an encouragement, always a cheerleader. Um, out of that, here's a little bit of math for you. So out of that 20 year journey that we were on, um, she was ill for 11 of those 20 years, Matt. So she actually battled a lupus, a disease called lupus um, for mm-hmm. nine years. And lupus is, I'm sure your listeners can look it up. Many people probably know somebody who, who battles with lupus, but it, it's kind of a rare thing in that it has its own mind and it attacks people's bodies in different ways. Right. And so for Sherry, mm-hmm. a lot of it was fatigue. Um, it affected her, uh, her liver functions, kidney functions. It affected her, her blood coagulation. I'm not a doctor, right. But I mean, it, it just took a toll on her body for 11 of our 20 year marriage. Um, I remember times when our kids were, were young, she actually oftentimes would feel like a part of her story was that she like let me and the kids down because she's like, I know how much the kids need me to, to be this active mom and stuff. But she would get out of bed in the morning, come down the stairs to get them on the bus to go to school. And then just that making their lunch or whatever, cleaning up from breakfast would just wipe her out for the day. And she yeah. just had to lay on the couch. You know what I mean? And I try to, to assure her all the time, Hey babe, you know, like you're a great mom and, and God's got, um, got us in this season for a reason. We're going to trust them, trust them through it. Right. So out of those, uh, those, so nine, nine of those 11 years, uh, were with lupus and I'm talking, I'd look at my kitchen counter and it looked like a, a pharmacy because of all the pill bottles. Right. I mean, every doctor we'd see, try this, this will work, try this, this will work. And every single one of those medications And I mean, I trust God, I trust science. I trust, you know, our, our doctors, but every single one of those things had different ramifications on her life. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. they compete with each other. And so one medication might make you better in this, this area, but it's got side effects over here. And so that was nine years of our life. And I, I watched this woman just persevere. Was it easy all the time? Did she always have a smile on her face and wake up and go, praise God? No. Right. It was a, mm. it was a, it was a, it was a battle. It was a struggle. Yeah. But she would oftentimes remind me and coach me and say things like, you know what? We're not promised this perfect, happy life, right? We are in a battle. We've got a daily you know, just seek mm. God and trust him through this. And so that was nine years. And uh, all that time I was a youth pastor and stuff. And then get this. So the medical world thought that lupus went in remission. You know, they tried all these different treatments and, and they finally came back to us and said, things look good. All your, your blood count and stuff looks great. We think we've got uh, lupus in remission. And so I started at Cedar Creek Church as the lead pastor September the 17th, 2016, sorry, yeah, September the 16th, 2017, sorry, I started on a Monday in September as the lead pastor, my Mm -hmm. very first day on the job at Cedar Creek as the lead pastor was the day that Sherry was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So we had no idea that cancer was even in the clouds, right? We, she had battled lupus. We were praising God that it seemed like lupus had taken a backseat and had gone into remission. And from what we'd been told, man, that could last for months or years, like praise God, right? Mm. Uh, And what had happened was that your body, I discovered this from very wise, you know, medical professionals is that your body really isn't set up. We know who designed the body, 
but it's not set up to be able to fight two major illnesses at once. Mm -hmm. So one Mm -hmm. will kind of appear to take a back seat, right? And so lupus was kind of waiting in the wings. Is that why they thought it was in remission? Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was in remission and it was gone. It had just basically moved over a lane for the uh, cancer. so that cancer could come in and just kind of take over, right? Wow. So I worked a half a day on that Monday. I remember all of our medical appointments, most of them were here in Kitchener. Great. Like, I mean, I have great respect for people at the hospital and nurses and doctors. And man, if some of your listeners are in the in the medical world, uh, my hat is completely off to you, right? This world yeah, could not uh, operate with those people without those people. Hmm. Um but we were told that we had to go to Hamilton to this hospital called Juravinsky Hospital. And I took my wife down there. I worked half a day at the church and I said to my staff team, hey, I know it's my first day on the job, uh, but I got to leave. I got to leave early. I got to take Sherry in for this appointment. And so I remember them praying for us and saying, you know, we're just going to trust God, whatever that is. We made the drive down to Hamilton. I remember getting out of the car and walking in this hospital and seeing Juravinsky Cancer Hospital. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they send us to a cancer hospital? You mm. have lupus. And no one had ever mentioned the C word. We walked wow. into the doctor's office and uh, I mean, the doctor, <laughs> doctor came in, closed the door. And within about 30 seconds, he must have thought that we knew why we were there. So he just started right in. He said, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have a very rare form of ovarian cancer and it's aggressive. And uh, we're going to try to do everything we can as far as surgeries and chemotherapy and radiation and stuff. But we don't have an answer for you. We don't have a cure for this. Right. And it was kind of like in that moment, you know, you sometimes watch movies or whatever. And you see like the characters, like they pause and they can see everything else going on around them. It was like Mm -hmm. that. It was kind of like this, like everything paused for a second. And it was like all these explosions. I could just see my whole life just kind of coming unraveled. And as we left that hospital, we were driving back up Highway 6 from Hamilton to Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have never been in a place where I have felt so deflated. Um, and again, this is, you know, we're not we're not promised a, a certain life without pain and without turmoil in our in our lives. And so I'm driving up Highway 6 and I'm crying like the biggest, wettest tears I've ever cried. My heart is just completely smashed. Because I'm thinking Mm. to myself in my flesh, I'm thinking, God, this woman has already been through this 12 round battle, you know what I mean, of her life and been faithful to this. And we just started this new chapter at this church. And and like, don't you know what you're doing, God? This is a faithful Mm. woman. She needs to be, you know, and here I am totally in my flesh saying all that. And the Holy Spirit, just like he does visited our van that day i I was thinking as a dad i gotta go back to kitchener i gotta sit down with my four little kids and tell them that their mom is not getting better right Uh, and that we have this new diagnosis of cancer and then i gotta tell all these people friends and family in our in our in our ministry world about this and like how are we gonna stand and i i remember grabbing the steering wheel and there were tears like i could barely stay on the road because i was just weeping so while, while you were driving there, sorry to interrupt, while you're driving there and, and expressing all these emotions, rightly so, and having this battle in your mind and in your, with tears flowing and all that, understandably so, what was Sherry doing while you're doing that? Was she, what <laughs> well, was her? I'm, I'll be honest. She was a, a human being like the rest of us, right? And so she was rock too. Like we, it came yeah. out of nowhere. 
And she had a lot of tears and a lot of fear and a lot of like, what are we going to tell our kids? Cause they have already journeyed with us. That's one thing about being a family, right? Is everybody like you see mm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and she'd been faithful, trusting Jesus through the lupus battle and had told the kids, you know, I believe in God for this. And, um, but we were now heading back home with this different, this really horrible news. Man. Kids had only ever had one exposure to uh, a good family friend of ours who had passed away from cancer. Right. So I'm thinking, I got to go tell my kids that we don't know what, what the end of mom's story is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so as we're driving up the up highway six, my, I'm just coming unglued and I'm like yelling, I'm crying and just everything's coming undone. And it was like the Holy spirit just came in through the passenger window of our van and stopped by and visited Sherry and brought this peace, like a wave that just washed over her to the point where I remember her reaching over and putting her, her hand on my arm. And she looked at me and she said, I, I believe everything's going to be okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're crazy, you know? Mm. And she said, whatever happens, I'm choosing to trust God. (laughs) And she said, as a family, whatever comes of this, we will, you know, uh, bring the glory of Jesus through this story. And we'll choose to trust God just like we had before. He hasn't let us down. Like three of our four kids, this is a whole different story for another day. Three of our four children have been called medical miracles because of things that have happened to them in their lives, right? So wow. she just reminded me, she's like, Tim Loveday, we serve the God of, you know, heaven's armies and, and angels armies like watching over <clears> us. Like, <throat> why would he fail us now, right? And so these tears in my eyes are starting to slowly dry up. And she says, I believe either he's going to heal me completely on this earth. And this will be part of my story or he's going to heal me completely of this cancer and take me to to heaven. And that's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Hmm. So that led to, we got now. Did that, did that, Tim, I want to ask you her. So here, here you are just a wreck (laughs) driving and here your wife, who is the one with this cancer destroying her body. She's the one telling you encouraging you we're going to trust god that Dude, right she, there is incredible now one I wanna, of my greatest teachers one of my greatest teachers yeah unbelievable like did, did that and i want to ask you honestly did that encourage you or did it kind of anger you because i just <laughs> i put my i put myself in that situation and i've never been thank the lord in a situation like that but i just i can imagine how i know for me i would i would be battling a lot of anger and and I would be tempted to even be angry towards God. God, what you know the infamous, why would you let this happen? The, right? Because that's my flesh. That's our flesh. And yeah. then and then to have my wife say we're going to trust God. No, we shouldn't have to trust God again. We've been trusting God for 12, you know, 12 years or 11 yeah. years fighting lupus. Why this makes no sense. This is unjust and and on and on and on. Yeah. Right? And so, but you, you nodded there when I said that, did you find that encouraging you when she said, we're going to trust the Lord here, Tim? It was, it mm. wasn't an easy encouragement. I knew, I knew it was, it was a message that I needed to hear. Right. Yeah. So I said a few minutes ago that I, I recognize now that, yeah, I was operating out of my flesh because I was like, this hurts and this hurts wow. real bad. I've never experienced anything like this. And like I said, I mean, I know that there are lots of people that are, healed from cancer or, you know, the treatments work and all that kind of stuff and praise God. Uh, but I've also known lots and lots and lots of stories that don't end in the way that we as humans would think maybe they should. 
Yeah. So it was clearly evident, I would say, in all of this. So for the glory of God and to respect this dear, dear woman, clearly evident that God's Holy Spirit was just thick in our van that day. It was just so strong, right? Because it was like, okay, if, like you said, her body is just filled with this disease and it was going to take its toll on her. And if she can continue to stand in the midst of that and say, my anchor is fixed on the solid rock of Jesus, right? I thought, I can trust that. I will trust that. And so that was the message that then, yeah, we had to deliver this massive blow to our kids and watch them just fall to the floor, like just in utter desperation of I'm, I'm losing my mom and I don't know when. And, but I mean, if you were to come through our house, there are all kinds of images of anchors because truly, mm. you know, Hebrews six nineteen says, you know, we have this anchor uh, as a hope for our soul, firm and secure, you know what I mean? And it's fixed and, and God hasn't let us down and continues to show himself powerful. And so that was just the beginning of then us as a family watching the greater family of God just come alive. Like I'm talking Mm -hmm. within 24 hours of us getting this news, uh, there were hundreds of people that were just on our doorstep, on the phone, text messaging, right? Facebook, whatever, dropping off stuff. How can we help? Uh, And just the, the family of God just, kick it into high gear to serve and to to journey along this road with us. Hmm. And so Sherry's story continues in that she battled this cancer for two years. Um, So that was in September that she was diagnosed. A couple of weeks later, they rushed her in for surgery. They took out this massive tumor that was like the size of a small football in her abdomen. My goodness. Completely took her her ovaries and all that kind of stuff. This is the other thing she said to me, Matt, which is just mind blowing. This woman said to me, you know, as God's visiting her and and as she's got this peace, she looks at me and goes, you know how I see it? And I was like, I don't know how you see it. And she says, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. All I ever wanted to be was a mother. And God gave us four wonderful children. She said, if he if he could have had his way and I could have got this cancer like six months into our marriage and never been able to have kids. Right. And I, and I say that empathizing because I know that there are a lot of women that struggle that can't yeah. have children through different yeah. diseases, but for her to recognize that man, all I ever wanted to be and and God gives us the desires of our heart. Right. And she said, mm-hmm. I want to be a mom. And he, he allowed me that privilege to bring these four incredible lives into this world before I had to, you know, lose all of these parts of my body that were essential for that. And so that was just another teaching moment. I was like, gosh, like God has grown you up, girl, right? Hmm. And so her journey, she battled for two years. Uh, They did this surgery. After the surgery, of course, they said, we think we got it all. It's great. Uh, We're going to do seven rounds of chemotherapy, right? And each one of those rounds of chemotherapy, man, they were rough. I remember her saying to me, it's like getting hit by a Mack truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would just wipe her out for several days. And just when she would have a couple of days to, to recuperate, they wham, hit it again. And at the end of those seven rounds of chemotherapy, that took us to about May the following year. So September to May. And, uh, and they said, Hey, we're confident we got this, you know? And so we threw a giant party at our church. We called it the chemo finito party, right? Mm-hmm. Because the chemo was finito it was done and all this. And we didn't, we didn't throw that party to say, Hey, we beat cancer. But we threw that party to say to the friends and family that journeyed with us, like, we're so thankful for you guys sticking with us. And whatever comes, we're continuing to trust God. And we've seen God's faithfulness in this mess of uh, of a journey. 
Mm-hmm. So we threw that party in, in May. Mm-hmm. And then that following September, just a couple months later, uh, the doctors came back and said, it's back. The cancer's mm-hmm. back. And I thought, okay, this is, but again, you watch God do some incredible stuff. You learn to trust him. And so again, she pointed me in the right direction. She said, he's been faithful. He'll carry us through. Let's trust him. So after these seven rounds of chemotherapy, then they put her body through 25 rounds of radiation. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that lasted weeks and months and uh, just stripped her of, you know, just so much of her life. But her spirit was still, it was probably even stronger than I'd ever known it before. I'd walk mm-hmm. in the house, Matt, after being at work, you know, and the church was so beautiful for us. They just said, you know, if you can't work for months, like we just want to serve you, you just tell us what you need. And I'm not the kind of person that, that just does well with like sitting at home and sucking my thumb and, you know, wondering what tomorrow is going to bring. Like I'm a people person. I get, I get active. And so uh, our church was just fantastic. And I remember coming home from work on, on many occasions and I, you know, she couldn't get off the couch for, for a long time because of how drained she was. But I would see her Bible open and I would see wow. her just laying there resting. And I and I could just tell that she had been with Jesus, right? It's mm-hmm. like she had had this sweet time of fellowship during the day. And God used things like a simple red, beautiful red cardinal outside of our back window. And she, I'd come home and I'd say, how was your day, honey? You know, how can I serve you? And she'd be like, oh, Tim. I had the most magnificent time in God's word today, just the most incredible time where God was speaking to me. And he was, you know, and you should see this cardinal, right? And again, this heavenly perspective that put everything that was going on in the world, you mm-hmm. know, in this proper place. And she said, like, God is is with us. He, he's Emmanuel, you know? I, I, it, it makes me wonder, and I just, this thought just crossed my mind when because we're just passing through like this earth is so we're we're here so temporary like the bible talks in james of how this life is is nothing but a vapor we're just passing through we're foreigners heaven is our home right we know that and i just think about this incredible faith that is stirred up in your wife during this season to to be given this diagnosis and then to be given some hope that hey this thing's over and you yeah. guys are having a party you know trusting God I, and and then to just a few months later to have it return again I yeah. if we if we just lived by our flesh if we just lived by what we see you know the Bible says in Proverbs three that we were to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Yeah. And lean not on our own understanding. That yeah. that's really hard to do. We, we in fact we can't do that in and of ourselves because we want to sulk, we want to complain, we want to try to figure out the problem. Especially as men, a lot of times when troubles come, like you know, gentlemen, if you are out there listening, and sure, I'm I'm sure Tim, you can relate after 20 years of marriage as well. When when your wife comes to you and she just wants to talk and she's starting to tell you, you know, problems or things that are a, a weight on her mind, us as men, we immediately go to like, okay, I'm going to fix this, okay, and you start yeah. to tell her, well, just do this and let's do this, and and she's like, shut up, just listen to me. But but the reality is, we're we're built as men to try to resolve things, and and yet you see your wife going through this darkness, knowing that you're going through it with her, knowing that her children are suffering with her. And yet she is by the, it's, it's gotta be the Holy spirit inside of her man to, to, to maintain that genuine, simple faith. You know, 
yeah, look at what reading her Bible. Look, look at what God showed me today, Tim. And, and not just sitting there wallowing in the mud, dying, but, no. but saying, Lord, and until the day I die and until I take my last breath, I will trust you. And it makes me Absolutely. think of, it makes me think of the story in the Bible of Job, right? Like Job went through horrendous suffering, lost everything. And, yeah. and he, and Job's like, do we only accept the, the good things from God? <laughs> and and that's that's a hard verse, right? Because I mean, bad things will happen. And are we going to get angry at God? Are we going to blame God? Are we going to throw mud at God saying you did this or you didn't do this or you didn't show up in time or this is your fault? Or are we going to take the position that Sherry took and say, Lord, though you slay me, yet I will trust you. That that has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. So, gentlemen, as you hear just that part of the story, I encourage you that when when the, the troubles of life come, be encouraged by by Sherry's profession of faith that she held on to. It, it sounded to me like she was being such a rock for you and for Absolutely. your family during and, that time. Yeah. And one of the scriptures, I mean, we I mentioned this to you yesterday as you were asking me about this time today. Uh, one of the scriptures that we really clung to, and I, I, I looked at it again yesterday and again today, it comes from Psalm 27, right? And there's so many great, it's not a super mm-hmm. long psalm, but there's so many great ideas and thoughts that, that the psalmist puts out, you know, and it, right in the very first verse, the Lord is my light. He's my salvation, right? He is where I find saving. And I mean, we all need saving in this world, and it's not just an eternal salvation that we look forward to, but I need saving from just the pitfalls and the, the, the mud that's slung at me in this world, right? Who yep. shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then, and then verse 7 talks about, you know, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. And this woman of God that he placed in my life for those 20 years of marriage, I mean, she was a prayer warrior. She prayed daily for her kids and for me and, and, uh, and just you know, just set the bar high as she would call on Jesus. She realized that her strength was not enough to get through this life. Right. And so mm. to, to daily lean on Jesus. And then uh, I love this at the end of that song, like these two verses just rock me all the time because this is it. This is, I think the, the standard, the gold bar standard of how she lived her life and how my kids and I try to, to carry on that legacy is verse 13 and 14 says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait Mm. for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Like, I mean, how can you say that, right? When your body is just, everything's aching and you're decaying and right. It just hurts to get up in the morning and it gets to the place where you can't care for yourself and your needs anymore. And like, I mean, at the end of her life, I mean, we just watched this disease just take such an ugly toll on her body. Um, But I believe that even when she lost the ability to speak words, right, her spirit, her mind, her heart was pressing in on that. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I mean, I say this, and I, I used to say this with to her as well, right? I'd hold her hand. She was in uh, hospice care for eight days before she went home to be with Jesus. And I, I remember looking at her and saying, oh, babe, if there was anything I could do, I would love to just swap places, right? I would love to take this for you. Uh, and I know that, you know, 
I, I probably wouldn't have the strength to do what she did. I, I definitely wouldn't. Um, and she said, no, your kids need you as a dad. Right. And, but to see that confidence in her that she knew exactly where she was going. She knew mm. that this world, like you said, was not our home. It was great. She loved being a mom. She loved being a wife, right? A pastor's wife and all that stuff. And this was great. She wasn't trying to exit, you know, exit the stage any earlier than than needed. But man, yeah. the confidence was there that I will hmm. see the goodness of God, whether he heals me on this earth and we can tell people about it for the next 20 or 30 years, or whether his healing is complete and total heavenly healing. And then those of us that remain get to just, like you said, at the beginning of this podcast, stand on the rooftop and shout the goodness of God. Cause it is, Amen. Goodness, right. Amen. Amen. And you know, what a, what an example your wife was for your kids. Yeah. You know, I, I think of children when they lose a mom, it's gotta be super, super hard. I can oh, only yeah. imagine how, how was that for you, Tim, in the first weeks or months, oh, even well, it's only, this is only three years ago. So how, how was yeah. that initially after for your kids? I mean, it was tough. If there are if there are ladies listening out there or men that are married, I mean, you just got to bless your wives today, right? Because they truly are remarkable. And I believe that uh, there is nothing uh, in this world that compares to a mother's love for her children, right? Dads were needed. Dads were called to, to rise up and, and be strong men and stuff. But I realized very quickly that I, I was being called to be a good dad and a supportive dad. And I trust, you know, by the power of God working in me that I've been able to be that and continue to be that for my kids. Yeah. But there, there was a definite void that I believe only a mom could fill. Right. So it, mm -hmm. it was tough, dude. Um, as these young girls, like my girls were 13 when that happened, 13 year old girls. And they just wanted to talk to mom about mom stuff. Right. Hmm. And although dad's, you know, care tank is full and I'm like, come on, let me help you. You know, there was only a certain limit that I could. And so I, I want to say that I'm grateful for the family of God because there were uh, individuals, ladies in our church and men for my boys, right? That, that one of their roles through this whole journey and even after Sherry passed and continue to this day is to just track with my kids, right? There are people that call up my kids and say, let's just go out for an ice cream when all the ice cream shops are open or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. or let's just talk on the phone or whatever because they knew that although they would never fulfill the earthly role, you know, maternal role of a mother, um, but that God had put them in in my kids' lives to help them journey through that. So it's it's remarkable, just mm. the way that God weaves all those pieces together. Well, clearly Sherry left behind a great legacy, man, like a legacy of faith. And I actually want to read a, a post that your oldest son Noah he posted this just a few days ago in in remembrance of your wife. And um, I had to hold hold back the tears from coming, man, when I when I first read this, because this really blessed me because I can't imagine my kids losing their mom and, and to have to see that pain and, and to for them to have to go through that. And then for me as a father, like for you being a, a single dad at that time, wondering how are my kids going to respond to this? Are they going to, are they going to maintain their faith? Are they going to get yeah. angry at God? Are, are they going to turn on God? Because that would be a huge temptation for teenagers at that time. And so I want to read this post from your oldest Noah Loveday. He said, three years ago today, the Lord took my mother home. After a long and painful battle with cancer involving many different chemotherapy treatments and countless doctor visits, 
the Lord decided that she would be healed from this disease, but that it may be in a different way than me and my family had hoped for. As I reflect today on the past three years of what life has been like without a mother, there's a lot that I lament over and as I and as I long to share memories with her once again. Deciding to pursue Bible college, working in the ministry, and now planning a wedding, as I look into what the future holds, a wedding day, children, and all of my significant moments to come, I lament on the fact that I will not be able to share in these moments with my mother. But he, he continues, and I say that as a big, uh, he, he says, sorry, I, I will not be able to share in the moments with my mother, but, and I say that as a big, huge, but because she is healed. I mm-hmm. am not destined to drown in sorrow because instead I know she's with our savior, free of any pain, suffering or struggles. And as I reflect today, I have seen how God works all things for good. And how his plans are much higher than our own. And and then he read uh, Psalm 13. But to read those words, man, from your oldest son, I'm like, that must bless my brother Tim to hear that his his oldest son is is not angry towards God. He he misses his mom. He's he's lamenting as he as he says that she won't be a part of his wedding day and and all of those things bring heartache but to hear him say as i reflect i see that god works these things out for good that that is an amazing testimony from your son and after losing her just three years ago and then i also want to read from your other son zach zach wrote this so today is the three-year mark of my mom's first breath in heaven And I could write a whole dedication to her like I usually do, but I felt challenged today. If any of y'all knew my mother, she wouldn't want me posting all about her. She'd want me to flip the script and point it back at God. (laughs) That's awesome. There's the legacy kicking forward right there. So today, as I remember the amazing mother that God blessed me with and go through the emotions of sadness or anger, I choose to be thankful. You know, it would be really easy to just say, screw you, God, for taking my mom from me. Screw you for not allowing my mom to witness her son grow into the man that he's become and on and on. But I choose, he says, I choose to say thank you for the love and compassion that you gave me through my mother. I thank you for the lives impacted by her. Thank you for the firm foundation of faith my mom planted in me. Did you hear that? Thank you, God, for the firm foundation of faith that my mom planted in me. Thank you, God, for even blessing me with the mother in for part of my life, which some people don't even get the chance. Now, bro, as as a father of your four kids, that you're smiling right now like crazy. That must bless your heart to hear that, man. It does. I I did realize, man, I'm so thankful for the way that God just holds uh, and continues to hold because I mean, we, yeah, we, we really struggled. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was the most difficult thing we ever did. Um, and I'm confident that it was, it was that foundation of faith that was deposited in each one of those kids as their mom, you know, invested, we use that word again in hmm. them, um, Amazing. you know, it's, it's just, it's incredible. And one of the things that just stood out for me as Sherry was failing quickly uh, as we knew that her days on earth were were numbered and we had the the opportunity um, to talk about 
you know, a celebration of life, right? What would that service look like? And, uh, and I remember her saying to me, like actually getting quite like firm with me, right? Almost the two by four up the head. She goes, <laughs> you listen to me, man. If there's anything said, you know, at that service about me, I mean, people are going to want to talk about me and whatever, blah, 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 blah. She's like, you need to let people know that I'm just, you know, a, a normal person that has, you know, faced this chapter in my life. But I remember my wife saying to me, your biggest priority is to shine the light of Jesus um, at that. And so at that service, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people uh, present in the room. There were hundreds and hundreds more watching live stream. There have been thousands of people almost on every continent. Last time I checked that have watched this service as people share it and stuff like that. And there were people in the room that day, uh, nurses that had cared for Sherry over the, the months of her journey that, uh, that, that don't know Jesus, right? There were coworkers mm -hmm. that she, that she worked alongside in this little uh, factory that she worked at that don't know Jesus. And, and, and we knew that these people needed to be there. And they were confronted, lovingly confronted with the truth of the gospel. In fact, a couple of days before she breathed her last earthly breath, she posted on Facebook when she still had enough strength um, that this this post that, man, I'm telling you, it would rival like any of the world's greatest top preachers you've ever known. Like she just mm -hmm. gave the gospel, both guns just smoking, right? This is how it is. Mm -hmm. You need to wake up. Here's the call of God on your life. And those those type of words continue to impact me as I, you know, as I know that uh, she impacted me and then to see that the impact, the ripple effect, like you said, Matt, on mm. our kids is just, it's unreal, right? That's amazing. So, it's a journey. Wow. It is a journey. We have not arrived at this thing without a battle, putting on the gloves and just battling through it. But man, it's a journey and, and all praise to Jesus who just Hmm. walks with us through that journey you know yeah that's right and i i think of the story of job again how another thing that job said going through that suffering he said man listen the lord gives and the lord takes away and they yeah. said blessed be the name of the lord so so if you're listening today and maybe you're in a season now where god is just giving you stuff like answering <laughs> your prayer you know bringing relationships that you've been praying for bringing healing provision you know, mm -hmm. jobs, whatever it is, maybe God's just giving right now because he's a, he's a giving God. He's a father. And what father doesn't love to give to his kids. But another part of God is the part that we don't like so much, but it's that he takes away as well. And the reality is gentlemen, everything that you have right now, your, your health, your job, your money, your house, your car. Yes. Even your car. Yeah. All, <laughs> everything you have, it's all temporary. It's all going to fade. I mean, Jesus talks about, you know, how the, the rust, rust is going to destroy things. Moth's going to destroy things. We're not to put our, our hope in these things. Our, our treasure is to be found in, in eternal things, eternal mm -hmm. value. Right. And yeah. so, so in the words of Joe, man, God gave, and then God took away, but despite any of it. So man, despite the, what a season of blessing or a, despite a season of loss, the, the the root is and your share your wife sherry exemplified that of of saying lord i'm going to bless your name anyway i'm going to bless your name anyway and so i want to move on in your story because god is a god who restores all of this happened just three years ago and and that's not a long time ago but but god knows the desires of your heart god knows the desires of your children's heart 
He knows what you need. He knows what I need. And God is a God who loves to restore man. And the church said a big amen, right? He is a God who restores. And so um, I, I recently understand that back in December, you got yourself engaged, man. Tell us about this new, and you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you're getting married in three weeks, bro. Like, that's crazy. Talk about that. I want you to tell the listeners how that happened, man, how you met and how God did what he did. For sure. For sure. Well, I'll tell you, it's strange because I remember countless times over the two-year battle that Sherry had with cancer where, like, she was so heavenly minded, right? She knew where she was going. She knew that this was not going to be the end for her. She was gaining this eternal glory and that God was going to continue to journey with us. And, and, but it is kind of strange when your wife looks at you and goes, you know, I realize I'm not going to be here forever. Uh, but I bless you to, mm. to find, you know, ask God, seek God and to find a relationship with someone that you can spend the, the next chapter of your life with. And I remember thinking, that's just weird, babe. Like, why are you saying that to me? Right. Wow. Like, cause none of us ever think that we're going to have to do that. Um, but she had such maturity and such wisdom in that. And, Cindy, I want to I want to interject because Cindy and I have had on more of a humorous time. Like you might yeah. see something on a, on a on a movie or something where you know the the husband remarries and she's like she look over at me during the movie and be like you would never do that to me right <laughs> and 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 I said I said. Um, girl, I would want you, I would want you to find someone else because I'd want you to be happy. I'd want you to be taken care of. Right. And so because I want that for you, I I would definitely remarry as well, but we say it more jokingly. So so she, she actually said that to you, eh? She said that to me. And then one of the things, I mean, this is not surprising if you knew this woman, like one of the things she said to me, uh, and it was probably in the last six months or whatever, before she passed away, she said, I am praying. I am praying that God would bring that person into your life. Oh my, that's so crazy. Really? Like, and I knew it was true. She was like, I'm asking God to bring the right woman along. Uh, I think sense of humor here, right? I think she just knew that I was going to be this just babbling mess of a guy if I didn't have someone to care for me and to care for our Mm. kids. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, so she prayed for that. I'm confident of that. And then, uh, yeah, about eight or nine months ago, uh, I happened to be online. A lot of people meet online, especially in a, in a pandemic, because not a lot of people were meeting like in real life stuff, you know. And so uh, God led me to this Christian website and uh, Christian Cafe. Eh? I'm just putting a plug in. I don't get any royalties. Okay. I don't think so. But, um, <laughs> you know, here's a testimonial. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, found, I found this gal who... Uh, immediately we just started chatting and one of the things that really spoke to me is uh her love for jesus first and foremost her love for for the kingdom right she's a christian school teacher in burlington so she's impacting next generations for the glory of god um and just her desire to to hear our story Hmm. and uh and that was not a weird thing like i kept saying is this weird for me to talk about it with you and she goes no 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 like you know i just I want to, I want to be here for you and for your kids and to watch my children come alive with, with Ainsley is her name, just a beautiful name and a beautiful woman of God Um, to watch my kids uh, look at their dad and say, we are so happy for you. Like we 100% bless this relationship. And, And actually with my daughter, Abby, she said to me, dad, we know, like we heard mom loud and clear, uh, bless you 
to be in a relationship. And so why would we stand in the way of that? Right. Wow. And that's so awesome. Again, it's, just, it's like these, these 16 year old giants in my life that say, we heard our mother bless you in this relationship. We, we believe that she prayed for this. We've been praying for you as, as a dad. Right. Hmm. And, and now um, they, they absolutely adore Ainsley. And, uh, and so, yeah, we were in this relationship and I mean, I'm not getting any younger, dude, I'm going to be 47 in a few days. Mm-hmm. And so I said to my kids, like, they're like, are you going to, you know, are you going to marry her? And I was like, oh man, I can't even believe we're talking about this. Right. Hmm. And I said, no, dad, you, you need to, right. We love her. We wanted to be a part of our everyday life. And so, yeah, back in December, dude, we were in Toronto and went to this outdoor Christmas market. And I had this engagement ring tucked in my pocket all day. Nice, and, nice. And I thought, here we go. But you know what? It had been 25. Most of us only have to really propose like once, right, in our life. And it had been 20 hmm. some odd years. And here I am uh, in my old manness, you know, down on one knee, pulling <laughs> this ring out, saying, hey, I want to my life with you, tears streaming down my face. And and it was all God. It was just God's story. And she recognized that. Of course, she said, yes. And and then I said, can you help me up off the ground? Because I'm clearly too old. To <laughs> um, and we had a good laugh about it. And then came home from that. This is so beautiful. We came home from that night and uh, came in my, in my house. And all four of my kids were here. My oldest son, mm-hmm. Noah, has his own apartment. But he'd come over. We came in and uh, the lights were all off. And I turned on the lights. And they hit the Bluetooth speaker and Bruno Mars, you know, that I think I'm going to marry you song came nice. on <laughs> up out of the stairs with like balloons and everything. And we just oh, had like, wow. a, we just had a celebration, man. And I mean, I just, I mean, I was, I was a mess. Ainsley was a mess. Mm. We're like, wow. And just to see my kids just uh, embrace that. Right. So yeah, mm. three weeks from today, dude. Wow. Uh, God's story continues on. And I just look mm. forward to, to seeing what he's going to do through that redemptive work, that restoration that God does. So, hmm. Well, I remember back in December when you posted it, you know, that the, the little notification on Facebook that Tim, <laughs> Tim Loveday got engaged today. I was just like, yo, that is stinking awesome. I'm, I'm rejoicing with you, man, to see, man, to see the, the, just the journey of faith that God has brought you on. And, and man, what a blessing that is for your kids to be like all in for that. Like yeah. even if even if one of them was like resentful at you or towards you, that would that would be really hard to even proceed in that. But yeah. praise God, like that even confirms his will, man. Like he's like, God's like, I'm gonna pick up these broken pieces in your life. I'm yeah. going to use the legacy of your wife, Sherry, and I'm gonna use that legacy to empower your kids and, and, and in amazing ways who are now desire who are serving God I mean your one son's pursuing ministry and marriage and and to yeah. see that and then and then for God to say here's here's a woman on christiancafe.com and it, <laughs> just to see him begin to align his will man that that blesses me and and for you who are listening today mm. sometimes we just wish that we could see the big picture and, and the unfortunate reality is we can't we only see very, very shortly ahead of us, if that's even a word. We, we don't see far ahead. Yeah. We, we see things very dimly. We don't. So that's why it's, a, it's a, a, a walk of faith. That's why the scriptures say we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm-hmm. And so, so, Tim, as you d- just continue to move forward and, and step out in faith, little by little, God then begins to reveal little by little. 
and yeah. and and that that restoration process through you know this this season of up and down sickness and 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 emotions and and heartbreak and sorrow and all these crazy things that you've endured to see mm-hmm. the lord now begin to restore you man you're going to be a married man again and your kids are in favor of it what an amazing blessing man and that just hearing that story it's an encouragement to me and it's a reminder to me that when things don't look like you thought they were going to look like your like your wife sherry said we're just we just got to trust god he's Absolutely. pulled us through before god's pulled us through before he's going to yeah. he's going to bring us through again and so yeah. tim um i want you just to take the last minute or two just to share as the spirit leads you just to encourage the men we have a lot of christian men who are listening possibly going right now through the same thing that you went through similar situations just really speak some words of life and encouragement uh before we end today's podcast oh man what a huge privilege and thank you for the opportunity to tell this story because it is not mine to keep to myself right it's like Mm -hmm. the gospel message if you have trusted jesus then man, we've got a responsibility to tell the world. And so if there's, if there's anything that I would have said today um, that would kind of prick someone's heart or make them, you know, ask more questions, or whatever, I, I would hope that, it, that all the arrows point to the fact that there is this incredibly faithful God who takes us in our mess, who takes us on our journeys, right? Um, when our strength is completely depleted, uh, and we don't have anything to give. And and even when that hope kind of blows like, you know, this sail in the wind and you kind of go, ah, I don't know where, I, you know, I don't know where to turn. There's this faithful God who is like <clears throat> firmly planted. Right. Uh, and and so much of my life has been like the guy just clinging to that pole and my body's like totally horizontal. I'm like, hmm. but he's faithful. And, and as you were talking there, Matt, at the very end, I just it reminded me again that the author has not put down the pen. You know what I mean? The author of my Mm. life continues to write another chapter and another chapter and another chapter. And as the reader, the one who can look back on my life, people are like, man, how are we going to get out of this pandemic? How am I going to pay my bills or whatever? And I'm like, it doesn't take long for me to actually look in the rearview mirror and look back and see the faithfulness of God. Right. And uh, actually the tattoo that I have on my wrist, it's a Hebrew word, Zakar, Z-A-K-A-R, and it means to remember. And there's actually a guy in my church a couple months before Sherry passed away. He came in and sat down with me and he listened to our testimony. And he said, man, I want to speak this word, this Hebrew word, Zakar. And it means to remember. And I was like, I don't, what do you mean? Like, why are you here? And he's like, because as you talk about God's work in your life, I see you reflecting back. And you remember God's faithfulness. And mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a story that you're going to tell for the rest of your life, right? Because the days are dark, man. I'd love to have everything that's currently going on in our world over in, immediately, right? But it, but they're not. And I can't change that. Just like I couldn't change the, the, the situation that unfolded in our family's life. But what I could do is I could control my attitude. I could fix my eyes on Jesus. I could plant my heart you know, in God's faithfulness. And that's my prayer. That's my desire. And so guys, ladies, whoever may be listening to this or watching this, uh, would you just, uh, 
you know, answer that call that God is placing on your life to just lean in a little more. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know the end of the story. We serve a God who does. And the author has not put down his pen. Just let him write it and, and thank him for it. Just like you saw in my boy's post, right? The flesh says, oh, or wants to say, oh, I don't get it. But man, thank him through that journey. He's faithful and he loves us all, man. And, and Matt, you're an mm. encouragement to me, dude. Thank I appreciate you. that. I appreciate that. It's been a, a joy having you on the podcast, man. I, I appreciate you being willing. I, I remember when I when I reached out to you asking you if you want to share your story. I I had some hesitations. I didn't want to press. I didn't want to yeah. you know because it's only three years ago and and you were just all over it. You're like, yes, man, let's do it. Bring it on. It's God's story has to be heard. So yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. So Tim. If anybody listening here wants to reach out to you, um, it, what would be the best best way for them to find you? Oh man, well, uh, I'm on like social media. I'm on Facebook, right? Tim Loveday. Just look for this mug. Probably run yeah. away after you see it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly, yeah. Like our church is called Cedar Creek. Uh, if somebody needed to email or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Tim at thecreek.ca is probably yeah. best. Or find me on Facebook. And again. Uh, my hope and prayer would be that anything that comes out of these lips, I would be a reflection of this heart, which is, you know, pointed after this God who loves, loves us all immensely and continues to lead. So. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you again, brother. And dude, you got a wedding to get ready for. So I'll let you go. You're getting (laughs) married in three weeks, bro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again, Tim. You, you take care and we'll definitely be in touch. Okay, man. Thanks buddy. God bless buddy. Take care. See ya. We'll see ya. Thanks for joining me on the front line. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standing on the front line at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. <laughs>